This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share His love. Well, good morning. What's up, everybody? Yeah, it's afternoon. time of day it might be. Yeah. So, I don't know when you're watching this, so whatever time of day it is, I hope that it is going well for you. This is episode 41, Josh. Yeah, we've made some we've made some uh, some progress with the podcast. Been pretty good. We absolutely have. So, yep, we are on location, just uh, filming outside the studio. A little bit different environment, but it's going to be fun. That's right. So we still have coffee. We're still going to talk about the message. It's yep. going to be a good podcast. So. Yep. You might hear a little bit of rustling behind us. Uh, friends and staff are with us uh, remotely, so we might. Uh, yeah, you might see some a cameo. There you go. A cameo. I like that. That's, yeah. that's like very. That's professional language. It sounds like video. Yeah. Do you have like a favorite cameo, like of a show or a movie where just some random person shows up? No. I'm trying to think of any that I even know of. I can even think of. What about you, Josh? I don't know. Like as I was asking the question, I was like, well, crap. Now I'm going to have to Well, the only one I can think of, and it's not movies I like, but I know that in this comic book movies... Oh, one Stan, dude, Stan Lee. He shows up yeah. like, as a character. One time, Thor gives him some of his alcohol, and he can't take the alcohol. Like, and he's trashed. Yeah, I do. do you remember he, that one? He shows up in like every. Well, he's dead now, right? So he doesn't show up. But yeah, for a that's while, the only cameo I can think of. Which is funny because that was, and I'm not a big Marvel movie guy either, but that was the one that went in, through my mind. Cameo like, too. Oh, yeah, Stan Lee. There we shows go. Up, so, what's your favorite movie uh, with a cameo? So right. throw it in the comments down there, ladies and gentlemen. So you will be watching this uh, in August, which it's really, really hot. It's hot where we are as well. And so we're doing iced coffee uh, this time. Uh, and this, this, what are we tasting, Josh? We'll, we'll just go right to it. So we just brewed. This is a Japanese cold pour over. Which I will say the notes are usually harder to kind of pick up. We are because... Your ice is not treated like this is coming from an, it's a filtered water source, but it's not third wave source. So that's going to greatly affect your flavor. I definitely taste blueberries. And neither, neither, neither JB nor myself. We've not seen the notes. Covering actually, the front of the bag. We got this from uh, Pastor Brandon. This is all we've seen is the back of so, the bag. I, I should say, I know that it's from Peru. I yeah. did see that it was from Peru and it is a light Which roaster Those can be a little grassy. Definitely grassy. Those are a grassier Agreed. bean. This is from Blueprint Coffee in St. Louis, Missouri. And we did a Japanese cold pour over. So that means half of the volume of brewing was with ice. The other half was with um, boiling water. I taste lavender. Lavender? Yep. Lavender. Well, I do think there's like a floral. Peachy sort which of. Which lavender would be a floral. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've got any specific notes. Huh. Just in general, floral. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's that's light. probably you cueing me with lavender. That's What about oolong tea? Got me there's that. a tea-like. Which, see, I think of tea, a lot of teas are floral. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you can just the way the... Jasmine tea. Mm-hmm. Super good. Oolong. All right. So I'm just going to say floral. That's yeah. All, that's we're going to go with that, folks. I'm sorry. And all we can say, too, this is the first time back on the podcast with you since you hit the Grand Slam. Which? Like, out of the park. I I was... Candied lime. 
<laughs> folks. I was I was as surprised as you. That was amazing. <laughs> Which that I do want to give a shout out. Shout okay. out to Ingrid. Ingrid Lockmeyer, yeah. So cool. Watch the episode with uh, Ingrid and, and you. Yes. Uh, she's super. She's so cool that we're not even going to hold it against her that she put creamer in her coffee yeah, yeah. to finish it out. Sure. Because Ingrid's a rock star. She so. is. She is. A good Bye. friend. All right. What do we got? Okay. So this coffee is from Blueprint Coffee. It's a single origin Galito. Galito. The region is from San Antonio, Cajamarca. Cajamarca. The variety is Catamora Catura. It's a washed process grown at 1,700 to 1,960 meters. The harvest was in June through October of 2022. It was a third harvest, harvest partnership. And this is interesting. Do they not have notes <laughs> the, on there? The tasting note is that it's two dots body, so a lighter body. It's very sweet and very bright. Is what they're saying. See, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. I don't think it's sweet. I see nothing about. It's very notes. fresh. Very well, freshly roasted. JB guessed blueberries, which are kind of sweet. So that's at least half a point. Yeah, quarter point. And bright. Well, but you could also go bright with a berry. Maybe. So you combine those two quarter points. Half that's, a point. That's a half point. Half a point. <laughs> Cheers. So it's really good coffee, though. I do like it. It's refreshing. I'd be curious. Here's something else you could throw in the comments, right? We talk about coffee all the time. Some of you mm -hmm. came to our coffee tasting event a while yes. back. Have any of you changed your coffee drinking mm. habits? Because not that mm. <laughs> I'm not looking for like an ego boost here, but like like hearing. Were you like inspired a, to drink different yeah. coffee? Or yeah. yeah, have you have you explored things other than your Maxwell House and Folgers mm -hmm. and and branched out a little bit? Yeah. Uh, when you go down that aisle at Meyer, even, I'd just mm -hmm. be curious. Uh, or have you correctly identified uh, me, maybe not Josh, but me as a, a coffee addict, <laughs> saw it as a warning for your life and decelerated <laughs> the amount of caffeine you take in? So I don't want to be like JB. I'm going to drink like no caffeine. That's fine. Anyway, throw that in the comments as well. Yes. Uh, so, Radiant Life Church's uh, YouTube channel, which remember, the YouTube channel is not just Radiant Reflections. This is the Bible teaching that comes from the teaching ministry with Pastor Josh, uh, Pastor Ryan, Pastor Brandon, and yesterday, which we're going to be talking about today, Rasika, um, our office manager. That channel, our YouTube channel, currently has 839 subscribers. So, remember, our next big goal for subscriptions is 1,000 subscribers. At 1,000 subscribers, we're going to do something Really cool. Really cool. Which, again, really cool. how cool that in just a short amount of time, right? Our goal to uh, do the coffee event was 750. 750. We're almost 100 subscribers beyond that. Yes. So, whatever you guys are doing, yeah. sharing, liking, rating, reviewing, mm -hmm. like, all those things, uh, it seems to be having an effect. So, keep doing that. Keep it up. Yeah, keep Rock liking, subscribing. But yeah, yesterday, our, our youth director and office manager, Mrs., Rasika Stewart. That's right. Not Keely, right. just married. Uh, it was a, a month. Exactly a month before the message. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, yesterday. So, uh, so yeah, she was teaching an interesting portion of scripture, Josh, in Mark chapter 11, verses 15 through 19, the cleansing of the temple. Yes. Um, it's a portion of scripture that we're, most of us are pretty familiar with. Um, what are some of the things that were really sticking out to you? So I was in second service. Which I like. I was I was in first, and then okay. I heard it from the green room. Okay. Um, during second service, mm -hmm. so I looked, and quite frankly, I never noticed this before. She she did fifteen through nineteen, 
-hmm. but she took us back to verse 11, Mm -hmm. where essentially Jesus has already been there. He goes back, he he leaves, and then he comes back. You know, and and she she made that uh, that observation because we think, oh man, was Jesus just like he's having a bad day, throwing kind of a temper tantrum? But it's like, no, like this was. And Rasika said this was a calculated response. Mm-hmm. Which in one of the other gospels, I don't remember which. Right when you read about the cleansing of the temple, it says that Jesus made a whip out of the cords, yes. and that was like he fabricated something. So, so like he actually <laughs> took time. So it yeah. is it is not possible. Mm-hmm. He goes there. Day one, sees what's happening, leaves, goes back to Bethany, mm-hmm. and he spends some of this time making this whip out of cords mm-hmm. that he then uses to yeah. go and chase these people out of the temple courts. So I think the point of, of that that cal- careful calculation was that, uh, at least what I was hearing, was that Jesus wasn't popping off. No. Like, Jesus didn't just lose his temper. Jesus didn't. This wasn't, uh, like Paul says in Galatians, an outburst of wrath. Mm-hmm. This was measured and careful um, correction. And and sometimes the term that you'll hear used in conjunction with this scripture is righteous anger or mm-hmm. righteous indignation. Right. Right. And that's, uh, this was in a conversation with uh, my counselor, actually, and just in talking about anger. But there are things that should make us angry. Right. Like, I want to talk about some of those things. Okay. Awesome. I'm good. This is, this is, this is going to, this is going to be good. Yes. He, in, in, and this was in the conversation that I had with, with Chris, my, yeah. my counselor. Uh, you, you Great guy. Super, super cool guy. Yes. Man um, of God. And, and he said that the things that should make us angry are when a moral wrong mm-hmm. has been done. Right? Jesus observes people taking advantage of an act of worship yeah. and using it to extort insane mm-hmm. amounts of money. Like they're profiting off of people's yeah. uh, act of worship. Yeah. And that is, that's more, it's, it's stealing. Yes. I mean, it's, so this is a moral wrong. Those things should make us angry. Mm-hmm. Human trafficking should make us angry. Oh, did you for real? You wrote that down. <laughs> nice. Talk about we it. didn't even, we didn't prep for this, ladies and gentlemen. This is, this is good. But yeah. so, so that's It's timely. It, I think this message is timely. You see, you see Jesus upset because wrong is being done. People mm-hmm. are being taken advantage of. Yeah. And, and he steps in to say, no, like this is not going to happen. Right. That is righteous anger. When the imprint of morality that comes with us being image bearers of God recognizes a moral uh, transgression, mm-hmm. like there is something in us that does or at least should mm-hmm. rise up yeah and say nope mm-hmm. we're not going to put up with this i think about the words you used you know righteous anger righteous indignation so the word righteous i've heard said is to be in right standing with god mm-hmm. so to be angry at something that's not in right standing that is outside of of the ways and the character and nature of god is is something that should stir up anger we see some an, an amazing acts of uh, what appear to be wrath and anger from God in the first Testament, right? The first covenant. Uh, you think about when, when David got a little bit puffed up, right? And David said, <laughs> I want you, and I don't remember the dude he says, he says some guy, go count and number the people. God comes back to him and he says, you get to pick two. You get to pick one of these two punishments. Uh, you can have 
Famine so for a certain one, number of years, yeah, or an like, angel of death come through the camp for 24 hours. I think hours there were three or, options. Or three. One of them was a plague. So I'm way off. So there's a plague, a yeah. famine, or the angel. The of death. angel like comes for like a yeah. day or three. I mean, it was yeah. It's like a very a, a shorter yeah. amount of time. And what he picked was the angel. And the angel, it was it was 180,000. A boatload of people. Yeah, people lost people their died. lives because David. So wrath and anger, though we, it, it can get a, a sort of a bad rap, you know, and it can be certainly abused, which I think we should talk about that as well. Um, there is such a thing as righteous anger. And I think it would be good for us, Josh, even to read the text. Let's just read okay. um, what Rasika taught from uh, Mark 11, 15 through 19. They came to Jerusalem. This is the disciples and Jesus. He went into the temple and began to throw out those buying and selling. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves and would not permit anyone to carry goods through the temple. He was teaching them, is it not written? My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. The chief priests and the scribes heard it and started looking for a way to kill him. For they were afraid of him because the whole crowd was astonished by his teaching. Whenever evening came, they would go out in the city. So there's just a lot here. Um, he overturned the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. And Rasika talked a little bit about what those doves were. Josh, do you remember? How did she explain that? That, that was not the top tier thing. No, I mean, so she, she unpacked that as like the doves, like a couple of doves. That's the the entry level sacrifice. It's the last thing made. God would let you give. Right. So this is, yeah. again, as she talked about in the message, they're coming for Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Mm -hmm. This is like that one time a year where the, the sins of the people are once atoned for, right? Mm -hmm. Once a year. And the the entry level sacrifice you can make as part of that is a pair of doves. Yeah. So now some people, you can bring a sheep, you can bring whatever, but hey, not everybody can afford a sheep. Right. right? So they've got a provision for it, which I actually think is super cool. Yeah. As you read through Levitical laws, yes. you see, I, I would suggest you see God's heart for the whole spectrum of people, mm -hmm. right? Because he says, hey, you can bring this, or you can bring this, right. or you can bring this. Because not everybody is in the same spot. Right. And he allows for... Uh, people of all, you know, uh, financial strata to. Well, and I think that that's why like today he commands us to bring 10%, right? As an offering, as a tithe to him. Um, just a little bit different. We don't pay an offering to be atoned for. So we don't want to confuse no. that. But think about it. If Josh makes $100,000 a year and I make $10,000 a year, but we're each asked to bring 10%, it's according to our means. It's according to our means. It's according to what we make. Yeah. Uh, Pastor Ryan has used this, this term from stage, right? It, it's equal sacrifice, not equal amounts. Mm, that's a great way to say so, it. Yeah, yeah. So, again, for yeah. for a, a family you know, in, in first century Palestine yeah. who was not as well off, right? Yeah. For them to, to buy a couple of doves, that would still be a, a sacrifice on their part. Yeah. Because that's money that otherwise would have gone to, to feed the family, whatever. Yeah. Versus if, if I'm a little bit wealthier... Mm -hmm. Man, a sheep is no big deal to me. Does it hurt? So, right. David says, "I, you know, I don't want to give anything, sacrifice anything to the Lord that doesn't cost me something. Doesn't yep. actually, you don't actually bring a sacrifice. Like it doesn't actually cost you. Like I could have done this, but I did this instead. Yeah, you know that. That's the kind of uh, thing. Um, what do you think he's meaning, Josh, in verse sixteen when he says, "And would not permit permit anyone to carry goods 
So through the temple. It doesn't tell us this explicitly, but I'm, again, you go back to this image of like Jesus with a whip, right? He's returning. I, I envision, right? This is my, my holy imagination, right? Jesus is actually there at the entrance, yeah. like whip yeah. in hand. Yeah. <laughs> right? like, what are these goods? Nope. <laughs> Do you think they're WWJD bracelets? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you went Jet Thani, like, yeah. right? Now. Yes. <laughs> was it was it Christian Tchotchke? That's right. right. Yeah, we're uh, we're all these uh the sundry coffee items. Sundry Live, items. laugh, love. That's right. <laughs> Sorry. No, but I mean this this does highlight, right? And this, you know, JB and I have alluded to this uh, idea of launching kind of a book discussion podcast, which as far as I know, we're yeah. still, we're gonna move forward with that. Yeah. Um and this this possible book, uh, the uh, holy commodification movie. of the something, the divine commodity, yeah, the divine yeah. commodity by Sky Jetani, yeah, and and it talks about consumerism within mm. Christianity, how secular marketing mm-hmm. and capitalism have infected the way the church. And I'm not trying to not capital, right? It's like, oh, you're a socialist, you're like, I'm not. That's not what this is. But there are some things that might work well in broader culture that don't necessarily have a place in the way a church functions. The church is not a capitalist endeavor. No, it is no. not. <laughs> so, you know, you you go to and this was a this was a, a personal frustration of mine, probably uh, twenty years ago. Twenty years which is probably probably the last time I stepped foot in a Christian bookstore. Mm. I, I walked into a Christian bookstore, which in and of that in and of itself has problems. How how can a bookstore? Yeah. How can a bookstore have faith? A bookstore is an inanimate. Uh, <laughs> it's a business. It's a business. Yeah, it's a business. It contains Christian <laughs> products. That's right. In theory, faith-based products. In theory. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I walked in, and I was as I'm looking, I would primarily go to either get a book or music. Uh, one of the reasons why I would usually go to the One Bad Pig. A Christian, dude, I love One Bad Pig. I know. Pig. Dude, I saw them live at Cornerstone Festival 2000. <laughs> they were awesome. <laughs> I love One Bad Pig. <laughs> the old school Christian uh, people are. Kind of like the, the the godfathers of Christian punk. Yeah. Uh, is what old. Petra. Old Petra. Petra. I love Petra. Rez. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Rodney, I, I derailed this. I, I have, you went into the bookstore. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. So I go in and I'm, <clears throat> and I'm looking around. I'm like, man, like we've got like. Crocs, like the the the, the, the plastic shoes, shoes yeah, the rubber plastic shoes. shoes. Okay, right, and they've got crosses on them, or an ichthus, right, the Jesus yeah. fish, right, and they've got all this this Christian symbolism. I'm like, oh boy, what in the world? Like, oh boy, we yeah. have, we have Christian Crocs now, right? Like we've we've taken a symbol torture of of, a, of torture, but I mean, which has significance in our faith. Yes, I mean, like. There's huge significance in, in the symbolism of the cross, mm-hmm. but we've, I would say we've, we've watered it down. Like we're just, we're slapping it on a pair of kids shoes. Yeah. Like where's why? the holiness why? and the reverence? Cause now I can, yeah. now I can buy my kid a pair of Crocs, but oh, it's a Christian pair of Crocs. Yeah. So it's, it's cool yeah. now, yeah. right? Like I'm, I'm doing this Christian thing. I don't know. And that, and it bothered me. And I do, I do think that was the last time I ever stepped foot in a Christian bookstore. That's literally what I was hoping so, you would say. Okay. Cause like when I saw <laughs> verse 16, that's what I felt. Like when it says that Jesus would not uh, uh, permit anyone to carry goods 
through the temple, it, it, to me, it's, it's like Jesus is identifying certain things that are being propagated as parts of worship in the temple that have no business being there. Mm-hmm. Like they have no business being. Right. Things, things that don't actually have anything to do with yeah. uh, the worship, you know, yeah. at that time, at that time, the sacrificial system, mm-hmm. some of it did. Sure. They're tra- They've got animals they're yeah. they're changing money, all these things. Yeah. But like we've taken things that don't actually have anything to do with following Jesus. Now I want to be careful because we, we do talk about how, Following Jesus affects every aspect of our lives. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you buy a pair of shoes with a cross on it. No. <laughs> like that. Like we've, we've, and, and Jethani does, you know, he Masterful. talks about the idea of branding. Yeah. Right. And how that has carried over and like just the power of a brand. Uh, my, very my, powerful. My fear is, and this, and this is just echoing kind of what he talks about, uh, is that we, we have bought more into the Christian brand then we've actually bought into the Christian life. Jesus himself. Right. Like, I mean, wow. again, a pair of shoes with a cross on it doesn't make you any more a follower of Jesus no. than, than wearing a pair of Nikes. Right. I mean, right. but we, we buy these things and we think we're doing all of these things to be external. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, look at man, I'm showing people my faith. No, you're not. Like, I, dude, I, <laughs> I, I could be an atheist and wear a, a shirt with an ichthus. Sure. And sure. That doesn't that doesn't actually show people anything about what's in the heart. Yeah. So, well, hey, you say something. I'm gonna just peek, make sure it's recording. Yeah. I'm, good. I'm good. Paranoid. No, no, no. Now. It's it's good to it's so. good to have uh, uh, quality control. Where we're going. I think it's interesting too, Josh. In verse 17, he says it says he was teaching them. So that this this process of driving out these money changers and the goods and so forth, it was a teaching process, right? And he said, is it not written? So instead of this thing happening that I see that it's angering me and I'm doing this, this, and this, this is what the temple should be. My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Um so he so he's orienting his disciples mm-hmm. to the to the proper use of the temple. Yeah. And we see this play out after the, the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus. Where do the, the apostles spend a ton of their initial ministry time in the temple courts? Yes. They go to the very place where Jesus says, Hey, uh, I'm going to tell you what the purpose of this is. Mm-hmm. And now when they're in charge of the ministry, that's where they go. Yeah. And the work that they're doing, they start there is, is anchored in what Jesus taught them about mm-hmm. the purpose of the temple. Mm-hmm. So, they, they seem to have grabbed a hold of that lesson, at least. And speaking of the temple, I thought Rasika did a fantastic job. Uh, he, she showed several images and she broke down the various areas of the temple. And what we have to understand about, about uh, temple worship, and this was designed by God. It wasn't God's, it wasn't God's people that designed this, but it's literally written in the scriptures. The temple was actually a place of separation. There was, there were divisions. There mm-hmm. were, order and structure and and certain places that only certain people could go. And I think this was very um, specific that the Lord did this in the first covenant to show us just how glorious and wonderful it is to have this open and free and bold access to the throne of grace that we have now. Further to say, uh, and this is, we could go really far here. (laughs) What I'm about, I think we go really far here. I mean, where is the temple now? Well, First Corinthians six. Here we are. It says although we, I think we mess that one up sometimes too because we take it as an individual. There's mm-hmm. a collective. I agree. Aspect of stones. The well, and but the your like your body. That's a plural 
you uh, I, so I think sometimes yes. we we impart our individualistic culture into our reading of that scripture yeah. and we think that oh well, look at I'm I'm no me uh, us together yes. we are the temple of yeah. the holy spirit stones okay. being jointly fitted together peter says and i think this is again why we talked about this last week like communion is this very unifying practice it reminds us that I am an arm and you're a leg and we have a head. Mm -hmm. We have a head who is the head of the church. And I Jesus. can't function without you. Period. You can't function without me. And, when we, and none of us can do jack crap mm -hmm. without the head. So. And anytime we see bodies that are divided or separated from themselves, we call that a, a dis, dis, disability mm -hmm. or a handicap of some kind. You know, if a person... Uh, there was a, a kid in high school, I remember, uh, got one of his legs uh, caught in a combine. Mm. You know, and it may, he didn't die, but it mangled his leg, you know, and he was never the same after that disability. And, and a lot of times I think uh, as Christians, we kind of function and behave that way. Mm. When I first got saved, I had the, the, this, this crazy, uh, I'm not an artist at all. So what I'm about to tell you is, but I had these crazy thoughts and visions of uh, a very macabre uh, sculpture. So imagine you were to take uh, uh, mannequins. Yeah. Right from the department store, okay. and you were to saw those into all manner of pieces, right? Just various parts of the mannequins, and just haphazardly glue those all together in some horrific scene, right? And the bottom, you just put a plate that says the body of Christ, because <laughs> we are disfigured, right? We're divided, and I love what I love what Chan. I mean, Francis Chan. I've been talking a lot about Chan lately. He's he's been talking about how the, the table, the communion, you know, the breaking of the bread and the cup, it, it's intended to be a unifying mm. uh, uh, thing that we do, and yet we have brothers and sisters who tell us. You and I right now, Josh, as evangelical Christians, we could not go into certain churches mm -hmm. and partake at the table mm -hmm. and remember the shed blood of Jesus and the broken body of Jesus. Our brothers and sisters would say, no, you're not allowed to do this. Never. I love what Chan says. Do you really think that God led you to do that? <laughs> to cause this thing that was to unify us, to divide us? There's no way. And the correction that Paul gives the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 11 He's going after division. Mm -hmm. He's saying, hey, some of you are coming and you're like doing it this way. And some of you and you're, you're mm -hmm. neglecting these people. drinking. This is something that is supposed yep. to be done together yeah. because in Christ, like that is the great equalizer. Mm -hmm. That is the, the, the unifier the true image of all of us, mm -hmm. right, is, is Christ. And in him, we don't have these divisions. This was a theme that Paul picked up in several of his letters uh, in, in uh, Galatians. 326 27 somewhere in there right he says here there's no there's no Jew there's no Greek there's no slave there's no Skidding. free yeah. these these things that would typically be social dividers he says in Christ all of those things are are wiped away you don't lose your identity right I've heard that yeah. misapplied right I've actually because in, in one of the letters Paul says there's no there's no male or female I actually had a conversation with somebody and that was a little scary the, see look at there there are no gender differences. And I'm like, nee, nee. Yeah. that's a misapplication of what Paul is saying. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he's not saying you, you all become some, you know, homogeneous, right. You know, puddle of goop. Yeah. That's right? like Christian colonialism. Yeah. I mean, really? it, it, it's saying, no, like these things that you're using as an excuse to separate yourself mm -hmm. from somebody else, mm -hmm. that has to be done because in Christ, right. 
Uh, you know, in Galatians 3, Paul talks about, or no, I'm sorry, it gets into Galatians 4, first part of Galatians 4. He gets into this idea of adoption, right? That mm-hmm. we are sons and daughters of God. We're co-heirs yeah. with Christ. Yeah. This idea, right? Ephesians. Like, so in the family of God, right, we are united. It's that it's that old saying, right? You 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 can pick your friends, but you can't pick your enemies, right? No, that's not right. family. Well, you, you can't, can't pick you your can't family, pick oh, family yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Like you're you're born with it. Yeah, it's yeah. the same way. It's the same way in Christ. It's true. It's I can't. True. I can't yeah. say nope. You know what, JB? I don't want to be your right. brother in Christ. Right. Well, I don't have the authority to make that decision because in Christ you're a co-heir with Christ. Right. And so am I. So we're on a level playing field. Yeah. So we have to set aside anything else that we might use, you know, denominationalism, nationalism, uh, patriotism. Uh, so there are things that we we use to divide people, even within the church. Yeah. And 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 I think Paul, I think Jesus would say we're doing it wrong. Like if if we're using these things to divide, mm-hmm. where when in Christ we are united, yeah. we're we're doing it wrong. So I'd like to actually, I want to, I would love to. Jennifer Smith. I don't know if Jennifer Smith watches this. She's super artistic. She is super artistic. Yeah, yeah. I think I just saw maybe I, a painting. I don't know if she would do something like crazy, yeah. like macabre, like that. But yeah, if so, you heard what he said, <laughs> Jennifer. Like that might be interesting. Do I a, do a compare and contrast. Do yes, like a, like a false vision or false image, uh, real image. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think it's interesting because you know this. The temple initially, God did make this as a way to show those who were included and those who weren't included. But then in Ephesians 4, uh, if, uh, in Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2, those who are far off have been brought near. Mm-hmm. Those who were distant and foreigners to the covenants and promises of God have been brought near to God. So the unifying takes place in the fact that we are a multifaceted, multi-individual bodied body mm-hmm. in which the Holy Spirit dwells. This temple is now multifaceted. Um, but still one. Yeah. I mean, and, and you see, because even though like there is this separation in the temple and that was ordained by God, right? I do think like you had probably over the, over the, the years, right? The kind of the Jewish nationalism yes, probably got beyond what it was intended to. Um, but you also see from very early on in scripture, right? When, when God makes his covenant with, with Abram, he says all nations are going to be blessed. So, yeah. From the very beginning of the God's covenant with humanity, yeah. there was this big picture, everybody can be blessed by this idea. Yeah. And and unfortunately over the over the, the centuries and millennia, right, I think that kind of got neglected. But you even look at little things like the lineage of Jesus. Yeah. You have Rahab, mm-hmm. who was a Canaanite. Yeah. She would have been a, a Gentile. Mm-hmm. Right? You have Ruth. Mm-hmm. Both of these are, are people in the lineage of Jesus. Yeah. And they're, they were Gentiles. What's amazing, though, you go back to the, the story of Abram, right? Abram was this picture of, of God being open to the entire world, becoming unified with God. But do you remember there was this little thing that God would require of everyone to join themselves to the nation of Israel, mm-hmm. that he, a covenant he gave to Abram? Mm-hmm. Circumcision. <laughs> this physical act that he said, every male, if you want to be joined, it didn't say to Israel, it said, if you want to be joined to the Lord, this is what you must do. And the same thing remains today, mm. but a circumcision of the heart. Yes. Paul tells us that, that there has to be this change uh, on the inside, a cutting away, a cutting away in uh, Ezekiel 36, Jeremiah, or Jeremiah, whatever. 
New Covenant. Some, is what I'm some chapter. Yes. Yeah, speaking of the covenant, the law, the, the, the law of stone being written, not on tablets of stone, but on a soft, fleshy heart. Oh, we got something happening right here. Oh, my gosh. Wow. There's, a, there, there's, a, there's an outdoor person. Uh, oh, no. Oh, don't please, even. Please. Don't even. No. Where's our editor at? Where's our editor? Haley, we're going to need some extra, extra work. Thankfully, he was on that side that of the side glass. Of the camera. Yeah. Well, Josh, just the temple being this place of separation, the other thing that uh, stood out to me is, is just this call and this thing that was coming to the surface about um, unlawful, we'll say, and sinful prophet surrounding the worship of God. Um, I think the real thing that Jesus was pressing into was that he and Rasika did a great job at this. She was talking about how here these people were coming with a heart to worship God. God had commanded them, you come up twice a year. It's two high and holy festivals to come up to Jerusalem. Uh, Atonement was definitely one of them. Yom Kippur was one of them. Uh, and all they wanted was to bring their lamb or to bring their dove and to do, uh, uh, be obedient to the Lord and be at one with him, atoned by him. And then these people would get in between they became these mediators with by by uh, uh, so much interest and usury, something that God speaks of throughout the scriptures. That right, we don't have not usury. favorably. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> no, not at all. So, Josh, what about this this idea of a prophet surrounding the worship of God? <sighs> hmm, I don't, I don't know what way you want to go with that. Because I because mean, I'd be curious to pick your brain. I've actually had conversations with people like. Um, who are mad that like we have a cafe sure. in our church mm-hmm. that we have not knowing that all of the proceeds go actually go to outreach. Yeah, <laughs> like, we don't. Put, that doesn't pay any salaries or anything. No, every yeah, uh, yeah all the cafe money. Yeah. That, for those of you that didn't know that, that actually goes to outreach and so, these CSB notebooks, uh, like everything that we sell, it's all a cost. Yes, like Ryan has led us well, and, and so even though there are things for sale at Radiant Life Church and plenty of other good and God-fearing churches, mm-hmm. um, I think profit is the interesting thing that we need to talk about. Okay, and well, double-click, because you, I mean, you obviously, you want to go a direction, and I don't want to, like, steer us Yeah, this, you so. have warned and cautioned me in previous podcasts about uh, using names of certain people, so I won't use any names this time, uh, but there are certain uh, people in the faith that use a, a hyper-spirituality to extort from people. You know, if you trust and love God, give your thousand dollar seed, sending it in because I need this new jet, or you can purchase your healing with your seed gift of a thousand dollars, whatever it is. Uh, these are the things that I think are very yes. much, if Jesus was present physically today, uh, he would be going into some of these churches uh, and turning tables over. Yes. Uh, and so I I th- agree with that. the caution for us is to think about, you know, where are there ways where we're towing the line? Like we're right on the edge. And I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I serve and I work. I'm an employee at a church of over a thousand people, very large church, great church, healthy church. God's doing amazing things. But there are times where I have this sense and this feeling like, you know, what would it look like for a church of a thousand to be 10 churches of a hundred mm. in their communities directly where they live? So for me, that would be in Howe, Indiana, 
where I live, you know, about 15 minutes from the church building where I serve and work. Um, sometimes I wonder, I just, I wonder this, the scale and grandiosity of, of, of what churches can become. On, on one hand, I have those questions. And on the other hand, I'm like, and I see lives restored, marriages restored, children learning to be obedient to their parents and, and people's lives, addictions broken, people being baptized. Like I'm seeing all those wonderful, wonderful fruit that I know is as a direct result mm-hmm. of, I mean, in our town, a mega church, mm-hmm. right? The presence of a large church ministry. So I see the balance there and I appreciate it, but there are times where I'm, I'm curious, like, you know, what would that look like? to be a church of no staff and no no one being paid to do anything. And, and it's much, much smaller, micro, micro church kind of thinking. And I hear you. I don't, I'd be, and I'd be curious to, to kind of pick your brain because biblically, right? I mean, worker is worthy. The you know, workman is worth his wages, right? I mean, Paul, um, oh, I was just reading it. I think it's in, in one of the Corinthian letters. I mean, Paul talks about that. Like a teacher of the word should yeah. Uh, this is my paraphrase. A teacher of the word should make their living from teaching the word. Yeah. Now, there are some people that Paul didn't necessarily follow his own advice, but he addresses the why, yeah. right? He didn't want to be a burden. He was a yeah. tent maker by trade, right? So he was yeah. kind of a bivocational. Mm-hmm. And there are some pastors that that's the way that's they me. That's yeah. the way they do, they do it. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. And I even own and operate a business. That serves the church mm-hmm. and we sell products like we sell production services. We sell podcasts and video and TV and blah, blah, those kinds of things. So there's this, this pull sometimes I'm just curious. Attention. Yeah. yeah it's yep. like, okay. Uh, my spiritual director, Doug will tell me, uh, you know, when we meet, he's dusting, we're dusting for the fingerprints of God. Mm-hmm. We're looking for God's fingerprints. Sometimes I'm like, Oh, I see a little, <laughs> I see a little print there that God's, bringing something to the surface to, to consider. Mm. I don't necessarily know what that means. Doesn't mean I'm doing anything different or changing. I just, it's something I'm thinking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, you know, you talk about this, of like the micro church kind mm-hmm. of model. I think, I think our, our best, and this is me. So not everyone, I think our best approach would be to do both mm-hmm. because there is, and you know this, right? There is something about, Coming together, dude. Summer bash. You, I know you were not able, to, uh, but like, well, just yesterday, leading worship with you is like we had fun yesterday. We had a lot of fun. Yes, and we worshipped. We did. And and there are, there are aspects that you can see in our setting, right? Mm-hmm. We're able to to do things in such a way mm-hmm. that. I don't know. I, and I, it's, it's our prayer. And I think it's the reality that like that it points people to God. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not just us jamming and yeah, yeah. music. It's not a concert. Right? Yeah. Or we're, we're able to point people to Jesus. Cause there's a thousand people that come to the church. Right. Yeah, yeah. And there is a, yeah. there's an energy mm-hmm. that you see because I, I think, hmm, I don't know. I don't want to go sideways, but like you think of Elijah mm-hmm. and Elijah laments to I believe it was Obadiah. This is in the book of Kings, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm the only one left. Da, 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 da. Right. And Obadiah's yeah. like, no man, bro, like God had me hide like seven hundred other dudes. Yeah. Like there, there's a yeah. whole bunch of guys. Seven thousand have like, not been there need to bail. Right. Like yeah. you you feel like you're all alone, but, but yeah. did I get this whole crew of people? Yeah, yeah. Right. And I think I think we need that mm-hmm. that connection with a bigger part of the body. Yeah. 
for one, it, to, to make sure we don't feel like we're in this alone. Right. I think sometimes if you're in, in a super small, it just feels like we're isolated. We're this island. There's not as much power in evangelism there either. No, you, you, you lose, I think yeah. you lose some things yes. uh, in those, but you also want that tight knit connection, the community, like mm-hmm. there are benefits, you mm-hmm. know this, I yeah. know this, there are benefits to being in a smaller group. Yes. So like, you need both. Yeah. Right. And well, well, Ryan always says to us, you know, as we continue to grow larger as a church, we have to get smaller. Mm-hmm. And what he's saying is that we really do need a bunch of micro churches. We, we need a bunch. We call it at our at our church. We call them life groups. Yeah. Right. And these really are micro churches. You think about like our our worship team that we're a part of. There's like 60 people on that team. And recently we had we had uh, uh, two members suffer some really substantial loss in their lives, really substantial uh, loss of a child and a grandchild and then uh, uh, a child. And the worship team, to see the worship team as a small group and a life group within the bigger uh, culture of radiant life, just kind of come to the surface and begin to pray and begin to, you know, can we do this? Can we bring food? Can we do, what can we do to serve and help? Uh, it was beautiful. So I do see the life and vibrancy of a, of a smaller church happening in pockets um, at Radiant Life uh, that's similar to what I mm. what I, I love. You know, I come from a much smaller church, and we you know we ate to t- we we would eat meals together mm-hmm. like two three nights out of the week. Okay, you know? so that was the church I went to like very as a teenager, close. young adult, like towards. Yeah. The end of my time, it was like, I think every Wednesday. Yes. We would get together. We'd have dinner. Somebody. Yeah. Yes. No. So, yeah. so yeah, you, you need both. You do. You need both. Now, do you, do you have to be at a church of a thousand people? No. No. Like, no. That's not, that's not what we're saying. No. But just, I think you get different. Uh, there's a different, slightly different focus and a, and a different benefit from each mm-hmm. setting. Yeah. Right. In a, in a setting like a Sunday morning worship service, right, you're going to be, you know, you're going to hear an exhortation right. from the word. You're right. going to be taught scripture. From a gifted right? teacher. Yeah. In a smaller setting, there's going to be more of the accountability, the, the right. growth, the challenge. Confession hey, and hey, repentance. Mm-hmm. How are we doing with this thing? Right. right? You've struggled with this. Right. Let's let's address that thing. Yeah. That maybe you, you, you don't have that same level of connection on a Sunday morning. Yeah. But you're not going to have the all the same... Benefits in the small group as you would. So you need both. Yeah. I don't know. I just yeah. just put my voice on reading. No, definitely. Uh, so you need both. But no, that actually, I want to I want to get into that because Rasika kind of challenged us yesterday about what are the things we make the house of God, mm-hmm. right? And and the first thing that she talked about was just a social setting. Mm-hmm. And I see. I like your notes. You're a <laughs> country club. Yeah. Is 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 it a, is it just a place that you do? Is it just what you do? You know. And uh, Josh, last week you set up the the July song. I thought really, really well. So th- through the month of July, for those that have watched online or, or participated, we've been leading a song in worship from SEU Worship called Monday Morning Faith. And the whole premise of the of the song is that it's church is not a country club. Right. It's not a social gathering, though it is a social gathering. Well, and that's why and that's why yeah. I think it's important that we tease that out because we're just talking about. Hey, we should be together with people. Right. And, and right, they're right, like, right. well, wait, I thought it wasn't supposed to be a social. Yeah. Whether or not it's a. It's the it, why. It's the why. It's your purpose, your intent. Like all of these things determine whether or not it's just a social setting in a negative sense mm-hmm. versus biblical community. Yeah. 
So if I'm just coming because, oh yeah, hey, you know, I get to see Bobby, you know, right, right, and right. Billy and, and Timmy, right, over there mm-hmm. every Sunday. Cool. Hey, yeah. rock and roll. Yeah, or I get to come and see uh, a great speaker, or I get to hear a great band, or some of those kinds of things. Those are all good things, but it's the why. It's like, okay, I want to come and hear Josh or Brandon or Ryan teach the word of God because I know I'm going to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit through these men of God. I want to hear or I want to participate in worship because I love Jesus. And I love that the band of this this size and skill set can can make Mm -hmm. music that facilitates worship of Jesus. Why is super important. Yes. So if you're like, man, that seems... Contradictory. It's not again. Go to the why. Why are you doing it? If it's just it's not either or. It's always and but. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Okay. Social settings or like a country club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she talked about networking or like. Yeah. Ooh, hey. I mean, this was. Uh, oh, what habitude was it? Guy out there named Tim Elmore. He Brilliant. Has a series called Habitudes. Read that stuff. Uh, leadership principles mm-hmm. with images, and in one of them, which I'm totally drawing a blank. I think it was, it's the iceberg, I think. Mm. But he talks about, and I could be totally getting this wrong, so don't go, go read it. And It's a great book. Yeah. But he talks, I think it's like Karl Marx or somebody like that, who's like, they always went, they might have been Jewish, went to like synagogue, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then they changed. And the whole purpose was like his dad wanted to go for business connections. Oh, yeah. So then it's so like that, that deeply impacted if, if it was Karl Marx, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering correctly, like that affected his view of the church. It's like, well, you're just going wherever you can make the most business connections. Yeah. Yeah. So that, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. stupid. Right. But I think sometimes we do that. Yeah. Like, well, it's, it, we've all been in the church. I mean, for those of us who've been in the church long enough, how many, how many times have you seen one of the vitamin crazes, right? Come ripping through the church and any, one person, any pyramid scheme, any multi pyramid scheme that well, happens, it, right? <laughs> this total tangent we could go on. The entire economy of the of the world, every economic system in the world, is pyramid. Uh, All economic would, structure would, is pyramid. Okay. It does not matter. The the concept of how pyramid economy work it, it doesn't matter. But that's that's beside the point. But why? Why would you come to church? And I've been in churches before where where a family will come in and it's so obvious. All they want to get you to do is sign up for their Tupperware get up, right? <laughs> their vitamins or their whatever you know, whatever it is. That's wrong and that's sinful. I thought I thought Rasika bringing that to the surface, like okay, if it's just a country club, maybe it's also just this place to make business connections. Like maybe you're a carpenter and you want to build ten new houses. I don't know. I'm just being, you know. No, no, yeah. yeah. And so we have to be mindful of that. No, is that saying you can't ever do business with somebody? No, no that's not what we're but saying. But it can't be the why that you come to church. Right. If that's why you're at church, the why you come to church has to be to connect, and meet with God and His people. Yes. That's why. Yes. Not what was to the, further your own. <laughs> yeah. To profit. To yeah. profit. Yeah, from, big circle there. You know, there you go. Yeah. Uh, the last one she talked about was obligation. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, we, hey, we come because this is what we do. Mm-hmm. Right? Mom and dad taught me to go to church, so I go to church. Mm-hmm. There's no real. We see this in the deep south of our country. Mm-hmm. Right? In the Bible Belt of the country, it's like, I mean, uh, you ask somebody you're a Christian, you're like, oh, yeah, my grandpa was a preacher. What are you talking about? <laughs> I live in Georgia. I'm a card, card-carrying member of the yeah. Missionary Baptist yeah. Church. First, second, reformed, third brethren of the... Yeah. I probably just made fun of a real church. Sorry if I did. But yeah, obligation is... Yeah, that cannot be the reason why uh, that we're coming to church. That's an, uh, I use the, the term in the exploitation of the house of God. 
Mm. Um, and I thought that maybe a little harsher language than Rasika used, but yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but it, it all, all of those things boil down to what, what JB just said. It's the why. Mm-hmm. If you're only coming because this is what you feel like you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. I, you're, you're not really going to benefit from it. Yeah. Because to, to benefit from the word of God, it requires an intentional response, mm-hmm. which you're probably not going to do if you're only going because you feel like you're under obligation to go. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if that makes sense. It does. But I mean, it, I always think of it like sometimes we look at God like he's this giant slot machine in the sky, mm-hmm. right? I, I drop my quarter of, of tithe in. I drop my my uh, prayer meeting in. I drop my Sunday morning service and I click, click, click. I pull, I pull that thing and all my spiritual coins come out. And I'm, <laughs> I, have, I have some heaven now, you know, and that's just not how it is. Um, that's just not how it is. I want to circle back around, Josh, as we close up because I don't. Okay. I don't know how. I'd far actually remember I th- when we started. I think we're about so. forty-five minutes in. Okay. But anyway, uh, talking about righteous anger. Oh yeah. Know, that Jesus overturned these tables, these money changers, and any chairs. Uh, so if you're angry. You're physically. He's physically doing something. Rasika had this table. If you haven't watched the message, go check it out. She had this table with two like fake doves and then some coins. And she literally like <laughs> flipped that button. And, like it made a big old <laughs> mess and. Uh, it was a really good visual, um, but it does. I mean, we see this image in our mind and, and from the other gospel, like you said, this is a person. He had a whip. Like he's like, get out of here. Uh, you started this podcast by talking about the real reasons and motivations and heart positions that could stir up righteous anger. And mm-hmm. you brought up human trafficking. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about this. Okay. Uh, so, those of you, I mean, like I said, you're going to be watching this the first or second of second of August. You'll be watching this. We're filming this on the 31st, Monday, which we always film on Mondays. Haley produces it and puts it out on Wednesdays. As long as my gadget cooperates and I can get it at the Dropbox. It's going to work. <laughs> it's going to work. Uh, one of the big uh, movies that's been out in theaters is called Sound of Freedom. Um, and Josh, have you seen this movie yet? I have not seen it. I, okay. It's been a long time since I've seen anything in the theater. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I would tell you definitely you want to go see this movie. My my, um, uh, you know, you get recommendations, right? You go try this restaurant or drink this coffee or see this movie or whatever, and they sometimes they come with, um, I don't know, just a regular level of like go see this kind of or whatever it is. This is one you need to see it. It's, it's important. I, I will go so far to say it's important to your faith. So double click on that a little bit, right? For yeah. those that aren't familiar with the premise. Yeah. The so movie, the sound of freedom is, is based upon our spoiler our, alert. It, no, you don't worry, don't spoil. it's a but. real life story of uh, a federal agent who is tasked to uh, uh, capture uh, child pornography, sex crime, trafficking criminals. Um, as he, in the film, as he's doing this, the, his, his, uh, well, in real life, it sort of morphed into actually doing a little bit more towards the problem. Um, and, uh, it's all based on a true story, based on a true guy, uh, a true person who, uh, I believe God used in a big way, actually not a follower mm. of Jesus. Uh, this, this, the gentleman, uh, and I can't think of his name. He's actually a Mormon. Huh. Yeah, not a follower of Jesus. Uh, but 
God used, God uses anything. Mm -hmm. He said, if we wouldn't worship him, he'll use rocks and stones. Uh, he, he spoke to a, fault, a prophet of God through a donkey. <laughs> God can do whatever he wants to do to deliver his people and speak in any way he wants. Um, so, but when, when I, when I went to see this movie, Josh, my wife and I, you, as you know, my wife and I have been involved in a ministry called Destiny Rescue. That's another ministry I'll tell you. Josh and I actually met with one of their regional directors or mm -hmm. persons. Um, and I hope that we're going to meet with him again. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk to you more about that. Uh, is a ministry that, that my wife and I participate in. And this ministry is where they, they take the funds. Like you give, you, you give money above your tie, the offering, and they take money and they partner with military in Thailand and Indonesia and these countries where these things are happening. And they partner with military and police and they kick down doors. Now, I, I just, I want to pause real quick there yeah. because I think there is a, sometimes a misperception that this is all an over there issue. Thank you. That's that's an over here issue too. But so when we met with Jared, Jared was his Jared, name. right? I mean, we did ask about that. I mean, and mm -hmm. their their focus is primarily in some of these other countries. I think the the reason why and Sound of Freedom as well is here in in the United States, we are consumers. We some people are consumers yes. of this industry. Mm -hmm. Most of the product the export comes from export comes so it's kind of like you know you could bust all the coke dealers in your town and whatever the colombians who are who are cooking coca in the jungle they're bringing it up north through the through mexico and through el paso and these other nogales and these other parts of the, the country they're just going to keep pumping coke into the country until you go down to colombia and you bust Wipe the cartels right. yes so that's why destiny rescue and yeah. and this gentleman uh, they're going to where, you know, these kids are being taken and so forth. Uh, but, uh, I found myself while I was watching this movie, there were, there were times, um, it, it's unspeakable. Like it is unspeakable. Um, what you will see and what happens. Mm -hmm. Um, but I found myself, I, I was sitting there in the theater and my teeth are grinding. Like I'm, I am. Uh, this fire is red hot and it was not the Lord. Mm. Like I'm, I'm in my mind. I'm thinking, I just want to go kill these guys. Like I just had this horrible, <laughs> you know, that's actually, you know, I'm actually, I'm actually somewhat relieved to hear you say that. Oh my gosh. Cause that is my, Oh my gosh. That is my knee jerk yes. reaction. Like, well, you how, how do you solve this? You put a bullet in yes. every single one of these. <laughs> yes. Bleepity yes. bleep. Sorry. <laughs> you've, you've heard my theory. I believe that <laughs> Romans 13, yeah, Romans talks about the sword mm -hmm. of, of our military and our law enforcement. I believe that this should be the sharpest edge mm -hmm. that the, cause we have the most elite men and women who serve our country. I mean, you, you talk about what a green beret is or an army ranger, Navy seals. These are the baddest people in the world. Like they are baddest in a good way. Ah, these yeah. people are just <laughs> physically elite people who are, uh, and, and, with weapons, they're very, very uh, proficient. You know, proficient <laughs> to destroy enemies, and so I have. I've often said I would. I would love to increase my taxes mm. and pay for elite uh, organizations of our of our military to go into these countries with the full force of the American government to to end this sort of thing. But I found myself watching this and and feeling that sort of seething, sort of red hot. Um, 
fierce sort of anger, but it, it didn't culminate into what I think the heart of Jesus is. Mm-hmm. So the heart of Jesus would be for these people who are participating in this carrying of goods, children and money changers that are happening in the world would be for them to stop and confess and repent mm-hmm. and actually receive forgiveness and be restored to their creator because they're outside of, it is not for them to be slaughtered. <laughs> but where, where does <laughs> I it, know, I know, where does it uh, cross the line though? Because yes, and we, and we know the heart of God, right? He, yeah. he desires that all would repent, yeah. that all would come to salvation. If they will. But not all will. No. And at what point, as again, not as individuals, right? Yeah. For me to go as an individual and just like start. Vigilante. Yeah, style. vigilante yeah. style. Yeah. Like that's not right. Again, no. we have, at least in our Well, it's like right? people who go to abortion clinics and kill abortion doctors. Yes. This, this is, is murder. This is not. You this just is, murdered someone. Right. <laughs> and, if, and if you're the person that says, well, God told me. No. No, no he, he did, not. did not. He did not. Um, you know, yeah. But for for a government. Or yeah. that is uh, empowered by God. That is empowered by God. Anointed to, by God. To be the the expression of justice, mm-hmm. which we talked about this. I talked about, about this mm-hmm. when uh, LaBarbo was on, right? Yes. Our police officers and, you know, we're they thankful are, for that. They are a tangible expression of the, the, that characteristic of God, which is He yep. is just. Yep. Right? They keep it safe. At what point yeah. do we say, hey, like, in order to protect the lives of these kids. Yeah. There might be a, a loss of life. Where, you know what? You've got to take out this to stop the yeah. evil that is happening. Yeah. Again, I don't want to be the, I'm not saying that I'm qualified to make that call. Yeah. I do think there can be a point where, Oh, does, does God desire repentance? Absolutely. Right. But we also know that not everybody is going to, to surrender their will to the will of God. This comes back to the big question. Like, okay, when, when God would, when the people of God would go into uh, some of the Canaanite territories, right? God would tell them preemptively. He didn't say, go and knock on these Canaanites doors and say, do you think you'd like to be circumcised and then join <laughs> us for Passover and join yourself to the Lord? No, no evangelism, no talking, no knocking on the door. God would tell them to go in and kill men, women, nursing children, animals, like total and complete destruction of a people. Why could God do this? We could never do this. Correct. Because God is sovereign. He knows the beginning from the end. And he it's important to remember, he's right? Sovereign. Like when, when God sent Israel into Canaan, he told them, you're not going in to inherit this land because you guys are awesome. You're actually a bunch of stubborn, stiff-necked people. Right. I am... You're going in as a tool of judgment against these nations. Because of my great name. Whom he had given hundreds of years to because he told Abraham, hey, the time isn't yet come. Their sins have not reached the level yet that merits extermination. And and In other words, grace. You see the grace of God even leading up to the conquest. Annihilation. Right. Some people wrestle with like, oh, man, God seems like a jerk. Like he wiped all these people out mm-hmm. after. And we don't know, like in Scripture, we have the history of the Jewish people. We mm-hmm. don't know what efforts were made right. to point the Canaanites right. to Yahweh. Right. We, we don't know. We right. don't have we don't have that information. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but we know that God stayed his hand of judgment 
mm-hmm. for hundreds of years. Yeah. And and generations. And and you know, news alert, the Canaanites were not nice people. No. Uh they were not like just your average, like, no. all right, hey, let's go and have like a nice dinner together. Guys. None of the ites were. These no. <laughs> the Hittites, the Moabites, the Canaanites, none of them. Moabites <laughs> particularly, uh, they had some of the, the they worshipped a god called Molech, and they would uh dedicate a home. Um, they would take a bra- a bronze or brass statue of Molech, and they would heat this. They would start a fire under under this statue of Molech, and the statue of Molech would have hands like this that were brass, or, and they'd get these glowing red hot. And part of their, the Moabites' worship to Molech was in this golden, blazing, red hot hands of this statue, they would place a child. Into the burning. We dance. still worship Molech. We just we just kill them before they come out. That's true. So it's true, Josh. So again, not we as in JB and I. We as a as a human as a nation, race, as a human race, yeah, a species. Uh, yeah. yeah, we haven't. There aren't really any new idols. Uh, we're still worshiping no. the same demonic uh, entities that people have followed for millennia. And that is that's an interesting thing you just poked right there. And I think we should pull on that thread a little bit. Okay. That there are powers and principalities, and I believe we've we've touched on this at various times in this podcast. Regionalized powers mm. and principalities. I, I talked Chad Bennett and I, our tech director, a good friend. We were down in New Orleans mm-hmm. uh, for the Southern Baptist College. Oh. Josh, we got down there, and it was like, the, I mean, <laughs> it was like, what is going on? I don't want. I want to get out of here. Voodoo, witchcraft. Yeah. I mean, there's some th- some of those Power. things down in that. Yes. You know, geographical region. Yeah, Santeria is really, so, uh, which is a mixture of Catholicism and voodoo, like mixed together. Yeah. So I, I kind of wonder, you know, you think about some of these countries like Thailand, like Indonesia, where um, uh, the exploitation of children and sex trafficking is very, very prolific. Like it's very, very high. This is happening all over. Are there powers and principalities in those regions um, and, and what are our responsibilities in prayer, not only in giving money to these ministries, but in, in doing spiritual warfare? And that's and that's a key thing, right? You talked about, I mean, yes, there are there are flesh and blood human beings that are conducting this trade. Right. But Paul tells us in Ephesians 6, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. That's right. Every evil that is done on this earth, mm-hmm. there's a human element, but it's ultimately driven by... The demonic. Where a human has agreed. Yes. Where a human has given over its God-given will as an image bearer to an unclean thing to be in a, in, in accordance and agreement with the, uh, the will of that unclean thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that, that was, it was interesting because Lisa and I, as we prayed, so we watched this movie, uh, very, like I said, it's hard to even talk about, a very, very tangible, um, experience watching this movie and deeply moved, deeply moved. And we both came out of it and we both felt like we have to do more Mm. that we, we have to do. There's something more we have to do, but it wasn't just a financial thing though. I hope it will be. Mm -hmm. It was also a, a, a sort of a grief and a stirring in my spirit towards prayer to say, uh, Lord, put an end to this Lord. Mm-hmm. And I've had that same sense uh, about, you mentioned earlier, the atrocity of abortion, you know, just 
Lord, how can this be? And I, I would say too, uh, it's probably even more pointed in this season, having friends. Mm-hmm. I've just lost a, a beautiful daughter. And to think uh, they wanted so desperately to to be parents and to have this child as their own. And uh, there are humans out there who are taking beautiful children like that and either destroying their lives before they're able to be born or exploiting them Mm -hmm. um, in this way. And it's a darkness that is like, uh, I have to remind myself when you come up with these things, uh, there's darkness in me. Right. There's, there's uncleanness and there's sin in my life. And there's things that are so unpleasing to God and, and probably as unpleasing to him as these things. And so, uh, I just, I want to be uh, a person who is dealing with those things in my own life, seeking and pursuing purity and, and seeking and pursuing the righteousness that Jesus afforded me at the cross, uh, so that I can then live in power. Pray according to the will of Jesus and see those things happen. Like, I mean, you just imagine being able to pray something like that. And then you see and like, oh my gosh, this child's life was spared. This, uh, I, that's the kind of life I want to live, mm. you know. No, it's um, good. Yeah. That's good. So see it. So so go check out this movie. Again, I'll have to, I'll probably just, it's hard to get away and. I don't know. Go to the theater with Nicole and I, just yeah. with the kids. So we'll probably wait till it Call us. comes out. Okay. We will come and <laughs> I will come and take care of your kids. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So if you haven't seen it, you should go out and then we'll yeah. uh we'll talk about it. But I wanna I wanna challenge uh viewers, listeners. What are the things that raise that righteous anger in you? Mm. And again, evaluate. A lot of the things that we get angry about is because things don't go our way. Mm. Things don't line up with my preference. That's not legitimate anger, mm-hmm. right? That's just us being selfish, selfish right? <laughs> yeah. But if yeah. there is a, yeah. in the case of human trafficking, in the case of abortion, this is a moral wrong mm-hmm. that has been done. Those things should make us angry. But like JB was saying, right? Like you could let that thing rise up in you and, and you could just stay in that place of anger. Mm-hmm. But what did Jesus do? He actually did something about it. Now, I'm not telling you, go start putting bullets in yeah, people. We're not that's talking not, about violence. That's not what we're advocating. No. no. But get on your knees mm. and start fighting against the, the, the source of all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe for you, there's a financial, like a literal buy-in to whatever. In America, there is. There is. You can. You can do different things with yeah. your if again go with trafficking. If yeah. if if trafficking is something that that really rises that up in you, again check out Destiny Rescue. Yeah. Uh, Haley, maybe we can put a link for their uh, destinyrescue.org. Right. Destinyrescue.org. Maybe throw, we can throw get a that link flash in the, the uh, yeah. Get that. Get yeah. or throw a link in the description. Haley. Yeah. Yeah. So um, do something about it. Do something about it. Yeah. Don't just stay in that place of of anger to where it kind of just becomes this festering thing because that, that symbolically flips some tables. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so do something about it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's our challenge to you mm-hmm. uh, coming off of this, but yeah. Uh, anything else? 
Episode 41, again, continue to like, subscribe, guys, share these uh, podcasts with your friends and family. It really it means a lot to Josh and I and our, our guests that come, uh, George and Josh and Ingrid and Chris, and Chris Kidd yeah. and Pastor Ryan. You know, we've had some great – Pam was on with us one time. I'm trying to think of some other – we've had some great guests. We're going to continue to do that. Uh, share and like these podcasts. Make sure that you review them. On, uh, on Spotify, you can give a heart and a follow. On iTunes, you can give a five-star review and actually type out a review about your experience mm. watching the podcast or listening to the podcast. Um, and on YouTube, you can subscribe. That's a huge way. Again, uh, we got a really cool event. We don't want to bribe you too much, but we've got a cool <laughs> event, really cool event. Uh, we're, we're percolating and thinking through what we're going to do when we get to a thousand subscribers. Um, so yeah, I can't think of anything else, Josh. Okay, rock and roll. Well, hey, uh, go and uh, walk in the Word this week and every week. Yeah. <laughs> and listen yeah. to what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you. We'll so. see you next week in the studio. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out the Radiant Life Dot church. That's the radiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at the radiantlife.church. That's podcast at the radiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.